Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The word vanity is shav, and that's the Hebrew word for evil. So if a person is asking God, God, help me to destroy that person. Help me to kill those people. That's evil. God says, I'm not going to hear that. I won't hear that prayer. See, in Isaiah 1.15, is another prayer that God doesn't hear. He says, when you spread forth your hands, I'll hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So when a person continues, is in sin and continues in sin, God says, I'm not hearing. I'll not hear those prayers. It says in James 4.6, he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, if a person is proud and arrogant, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that person. God says, forget about it. I'm not picking up the line. I won't pick up the receiver. I won't hear those prayers. See, those are the kinds of prayers that God will not hear. Evil, a person who continues in his sin, pride and arrogance. He says, I'm not hearing those prayers. So, okay, so those are the kind of prayers that God doesn't hear. But what kind of prayer does God hear? What kind of prayers does God hear? You know, first of all, sin has dire consequences for man. And God hears the prayers of the confession of the consequences of sin. You know, God hears prayers where a person confesses weakness as a consequence of sin. In Psalm 31.10, David said, For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers of my sins have weakened me. God hears the prayers of the consequence of sin. God hears the prayers of confessing a break in the relationship with God as a consequence of sin. In Psalm 66, 18, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And God hears the prayers. My sins have made you not hear me. He hears those prayers. God hears the prayers of confessing a separation from God as a consequence of sin. As it says in Isaiah 59, 2, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you. He will not hear. See, God hears the prayers. My sins have separated me from God. God hears those prayers. He hears the prayers of an overwhelming guilt as a consequence of sin. As in Psalm 38, 4, for mine iniquities are gone over my head and are a heavy burden, they're too heavy for me. See, God hears the kind of prayers that say, Lord, my sins have left me with a crushing guilt. He hears those prayers. See, next, God hears the prayers of confessing sin 
As David confessed in his life, all of Psalm 51 is all about David's confession. It says, starts off in Psalm 51, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me, he's crying out for cleansing. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sins. And then he goes on and says what he does. I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. That's a confession of sin. Another confession of sin in Psalm 79, 9. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. See, God hears those kind of prayers. God hears prayers of confessing sin. Jacob did that when he was in deep trouble in Genesis 32, Genesis 32, 10. And he said, I'm not worthy of the least of thy mercies and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. See, God hears prayers of confessing sin. As when the publican, he stood up there, that's what he did. He confessed his sin in, in Luke 18, 13 through 14. Luke 18, 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his chest, his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then the Lord said, I tell you, this man, he went down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. Him that humbles himself shall be exalted. Why did he go back justified? He was heard. He was heard. God hears those prayers of confessing sin. God hears the prayers of asking him for help. He hears those prayers as in Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He hears those kind of prayers. God hears the prayers of when we say to God, you're my helper. Call God a helper. He hears those prayers. As in Psalm 54.4, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. As in Hebrews 13.6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do to me. God hears the prayers of his children asking God as their father to help. As it says in Romans 8, 14 through 15, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. God hears prayers where we cast worry on him where we cast anxiety on him. God hears those prayers. As it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And in Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And then David says there's a time when he particularly trusts, and it says that in, in Psalm 56, 3, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. And then the time when he was really afraid and he thought, this is it. His own people were going to kill him. In 1 Samuel 36, David was greatly distressed and the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How did David encourage himself in the Lord his God? By praying. God hears the prayers when he's asked for guidance, when he's asked for direction, when he's asked for leading in life, God hears those prayers. As it says in Psalm 25, 4, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. 
Lead me in, the, in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Those words, show me, teach me, lead me. He hears those prayers. In Psalm 25, 8, he hears a prayer like, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way? He'll teach them. In Psalm 43, 3, oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. He hears those prayers. Lord, send me your light. Send me your light. Send me your light to lead me. Send me your light to bring me. In Isaiah 49, 10, they shall never hunger nor thirst, and neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. And, and that's the scene we see even in heaven. Even in heaven. It says in, in Revelation seven seventeen, for the lamb which is in the midst of them shall feed them and shall lead them unto living waters, living fountains of water. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You think, oh, I'm so dependent on God right now. As soon as I get a new body, as soon as I get out of here, I won't be dependent on God anymore. No, it says all eternity, he says he's gonna feed us. All eternity, he's gonna lead us and wipe away the, the tears from our eyes. In Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Instructing and teaching, it's very personal with God. You know, God could have said, you know, I'm very busy. I'm very busy. I don't know, all this instructing and teaching you. No, no, no. A new believer, a baby? Oh, no, 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 no. Kindergarten again? No, no, no. I I call this angel. Angel, would you please take change the diapers, please? (laughs) Would you just do the basic training here? And later, when they get to graduate school, I'll come in for the teacher. I'll be the teacher in graduate school. He says, no. That's not God. God himself delights in our instruction and our guidance. As a child of God, God says, it's going to be homeschool, and I'm your teacher. (laughs) He says, I'm going to be your instructor. And, you know, I have very bad eyesight. When I take off my glasses now, I can't recognize any of you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) There you go. I, I can. Okay, I have very bad eyesight. But God has good eyesight. He has very good eyesight. And so we cannot go wrong when he says, I'll guide you with my eye. So God hears the prayers also specifically when we get down to asking for his Holy Spirit. God says, I'm listening. When we ask for his Holy Spirit to remind us of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, God says, I'm listening, I'm hearing. Because he said that in John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. How many of us don't have failing memories? <laughs> and we have failing memories and we need to help to be reminded. You know, I keep putting things in my iPhone and then I forget to look on here to remember where I'm supposed to remember. <laughs> you come over to my house and I'm making labels on everything on the refrigerator. Order this much when this runs out, you know. <laughs> everything labels on the pressure cooker. Corn gets pressed three minutes and asparagus, four minutes. Everything label, 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 you know. Clint makes fun of me about that. He says, everything is so well labeled here. Why? We can't remember things. And we, and we, we do something, we say, oh, I know I'm going to forget this. So I got to re- do something to remember it. We all have these failing memories. We need help. We need help to be reminded. God says, yes, you're right. 
you have a family member, and you do need help to be reminded, and you need to be reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ said to you. Enter Holy Spirit, your reminder. That's his job. God hears the prayers of asking for the Holy Spirit to help our failing memories with the Bible that we've forgotten. In John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, but he will show you things to come. See, when we read and we study the Scriptures, we need guidance. We need to be guided into the truth. In this respect, we are just like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8.30, where it says, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. When we read the Scriptures, we're like that Ethiopian eunuch with the same question. We say that to God. God says to us, Understandest thou what thou readest? And we say like the Ethiopian noon, how can I except some man guide me? Only for us, it's not some man who guides us, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, he guides us into all truth. You know, several of my, it's interesting, these long discussions with Orthodox rabbis, we have a great relationship, we're each trying to convert each other. Anyway, several of my Orthodox rabbi friends tell me, you cannot understand the Bible on your own. They can say that like that. You can't understand on your own. Oh, who taught you? You know, which was the famous rabbi that taught you? You understand on your own? No, you can't. You have to be taught by a rabbi. I tell him I can understand my own. He said, how's that? I said, because of Proverbs 1.23, where God said, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God makes known his words directly by pouring out his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. That's the one who guides us into all truth. See, God hears those prayers. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to guide me. God hears the prayers for help from the Holy Spirit. As it says, as we read just a minute ago in Romans 8.14, Romans 8.14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, when it says, very important promise, in Luke 11.13, in Luke 11.13, when it says, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto him that ask him? Now, that can be misleading, because you could say, wait a minute, I thought I received the Holy Spirit when I was saved. How come I, what do you mean, receive him? Receive him again and again? It can be misleading, because of one word, the. It says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And the reason it's misleading is because it's not there in the Greek. It's not there in the original. It doesn't say give the Holy Spirit. It says gives Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Whenever in the Bible it speaks about Holy Spirit without the word the, it's referring to the help of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As believers, we don't ask God to keep on giving us the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit as conversion, which is called the baptism of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism. There are many fillings. There's many times when he helps us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to obey God and to experience the help of the Holy Spirit. God hears prayers when we ask him for teaching. In Job 36, 22, it says, Behold, God exalteth by his power. Who teacheth like him? That's what Job said. Who teacheth like him? See, in Psalm 94, 12, it says, Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. 
So chastening kind of goes along with the two. We don't like that, but that's part of the program. In Isaiah 54, 13, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. It's a big shalom to be taught by the Lord. God hears the prayers for asking for help for self-control. We need self-control. We got tongues that are out of control. We got thoughts that are out of control. You know, we're not so nice. And Job 6.24 says, teach me and I'll hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. And we don't even know the damage and the mistakes we've made. But, but, but Job says, show me where I did it. Show me where I went wrong. And God hears those prayers. And God hears the prayers of asking for help to stop sinning. And God hears the prayers of asking for help for stop sinning when we don't know we're sinning. <laughs> he says in Job 34, 32, that which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. In other words, we say, Lord, I don't even know I'm sinning, so teach me. And when you show me, I won't do it anymore. See Psalm nineteen twelve, Who can understand his ways? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Secret faults. God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers asking for teaching to do his will. I want to do his will. He hears those prayers. Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Psalm 86.11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. No more divided hearts. No more divided interest. No more double-sidedness. Just united. God hears the prayer to give good judgment, good knowledge, judgment, good judgment and knowledge. I need, ju- I need good judgment to be able to make good decisions here and knowledge. God hears those prayers. In Psalm 119.66, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I have believed thy commandments. God especially hears the prayers that say, teach me more about Jesus, more about the Lord Jesus Christ, more about Jesus what I know. As it says in Ephesians 4.20, but ye have not so learned Christ. God hears the prayers to help to live a godly life. Resist the world. God hears those prayers, as it says in Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for, teach me to have the looking for, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. See, God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers for how do I deny ungodliness, God? Teach me how to deny worldly lust. Teach me how to live righteously, soberly, and teach me how to live in this world and hope for your return. God hears those prayers. These are the prayers that God hears, and Leah dedicated the naming of her second son, Simeon, to the life principle that God hears prayers. Now, in the naming of her third son, Leah has become intensely aware of God's interest in joining or reconciliation. In verse 34, she calls him Levi, means join. She's teaching us that the life principle is God is interested not in judging man, He's interested in saving man, as the Lord Jesus Christ said, for God so loved the world in John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
See, in 2 Peter 3, 9, God's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in 1 Timothy 2, 4, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what we see in the name, in, as we look into that name of Levi, as we see, oh, she named him Levi, good, Leah, you're teaching us our calling is to be joiners. Our callers to be joiners, as Scripture uh, calls us to be joiners. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in Mark 1.17, Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, I'll make you to become fishers of men. That's an interesting word, become. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ means that he will make us to become fishers of men. He'll make us to become Levi's, joiners of men to God. That means he'll make us to be what we are not naturally in ourselves. See, we're misled. When we look at ourselves and say, I could never do sales work, you know? When I walk onto the car lot there, the salesman comes up to me and says, Hi, how are you today? I'm so glad to see you. And you know he's not. But anyway, let me show you how your life is incomplete without this car. <laughs> see, I just wanted to see the car. I didn't want to learn about my life being incomplete. And we feel like he's in our face and he's in our space and he's pushing us along and kind of feel a little offended, you know? And we say, I don't have those abilities. I'm glad I don't. And I have a salesman, and I, ne- I never could be a salesman. But the salesman's really, when you get it down to it, he's a persuader. He's kind of like a fisher of men, you know. But, and fishers of men are persuaders. And the problem is we look at ourselves and we say, I don't have the abilities. I don't have the abilities. I can't be a fisher of men because I don't have the abilities. Well, that's why the word become is so important. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you follow me, I'll make you to become fishers of men. It's wrong for us to look at ourselves and say, I don't have the natural abilities to persuade men. See, the issue is not what we think our natural abilities are. The issue is, what are the abilities of God to make us fishers of men? The issue is not, are we sufficient in ourselves? The issue is, how sufficient is God to make us sufficient to be the fishers of men? And this is what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 3.5. 2 Corinthians 3.5 He says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. So when I look at myself, I don't say, to be a persuader of man, I look at myself and see, well, can I do that? No. When I look at myself, I say, to be a persuader of man, I look at myself and I see, I can't do that, but then I look at God and say, he can do that through me. And God will make us able persuaders. He'll make us able ministers of the New Testament. What's a minister of the New Testament? Well, what's the New Testament? What's the New Testament? The Lord said in Luke twenty-two twenty, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The New Testament is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for the remission of sins, shed for the forgiveness of sins. See, a minister of the New Testament is a person who brings sinners into trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He brings them under the blood, the Passover picture, under the blood of the New Testament so they can be forgiven for their sins. See, the Old Testament was, keep these 10 commandments, you can go to heaven. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament is, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who kept the 10 commandments and who died for you and shed his blood for you, and you go to heaven. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at tomcantor. That's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.